Blog Talk Radio. As of the 1st of October 2019, in South Australia, a new law was passed that allows a public servant to enter, remain, inspect, or use reasonable force to break into any premise, place, vehicle or vessel. This public servant can remove items from the premises to be used as evidence in future, and a warrant is not required if there is a suspicion, just a suspicion, that a vulnerable adult is at risk of abuse. Matters will then be directed to a court or tribunal that is not bound by the rules of evidence, can determine matters as it thinks fit, and can reach an outcome, just, on the balance of probabilities, not beyond, reasonable doubt. Victims often, end up a ward of state. The public guardian and public trustee, are often placed, as the ultimate decision maker, and, take over all affairs. These laws, are expected to be rolled out in other states next year. Are you scared yet? Good evening everyone, this is Marty Oakley, the PPJ Gazette Online, and this is the DS Radio Network. Good evening everyone, and thank you for tuning in. We, um, it, it was just so amazing that we have Marty's voice here with us as Many people know um, last Wednesday we did have a memorial service for Marty. I'm going to try not to cry. We miss her greatly, but as Reverend Ralph said, Marty laid a foundation, and we are going to build on that foundation. And her voice will continue to go. Thank you to Sarah Harvey, who is going to be helping us get more voice clips so that Marty's voice can be incorporated throughout these shows for all the years to come so that we never ever forget her and the amazing woman that she was. It was such a a blessing to know her. This month is the four-year anniversary that Marty and I started doing these shows. It started out as a uh, podcast that was just going to be focused on Montgomery County, Pennsylvania only, but more and more seemed to crawl out of the woodwork. And we do have We unfortunately have stories coming out of other places in other states and even in in Australia, which the opening promo was the, the group out of Australia, and they are now coming on as a sponsor of these shows. So our shows are sponsored now by the Australian Association Against Guardianship Abuse there in Australia, by the National Association to Stop Guardianship Abuse, NASCA, by Marcel Reed and Whistleblower Life, and by Shenanigans in the Montgomery County Facebook page. So thank you, thank you, everyone who is supporting us and continuing to want to help us to keep Marty's voice going. It's very sad that these guardianship abuse story that we couldn't have a, it couldn't have been over, that her work, her life's work, didn't get fulfilled while she was alive, and so we are carrying that torch. But we are going to have a great show tonight. We have a great guest, but before we introduce our guest, we have Reverend Ralph, and he is going to be sharing something that he's going to be doing every week now, and it's called the Thought of the Week. Reverend Ralph, welcome, and take it away. Thank you, Cos, and worldwide listeners to TS Radio. Yes, Kaz and I have been thinking about ways that we could make this show better and more informative to our listeners, who basically probably all of you are going through 
guardianship nightmares with your loved people. And this is something where we want to help you get as much information to help you get into a, hopefully, a solution where your loved person can maybe get away from that guardian and maybe come back home from wherever they're being uh, kept, such as a nursing home. So the new feature, one of the new features will be called Thoughts of the Week, and that will be a segment that I will be doing from information and, uh, that I have read about during that week, things that have happened to me because of the guardianship nightmare I'm going through with my loved person. And I think we're going to have uh, more information to help people to make it more efficient for them to uh, get through these nightmares. Uh, we're going to, another feature we're going to have are sponsors. Uh, if you have a business or an Internet business that you would like to have uh, promoted on the show, please contact me at my website or through my website, www.protectmyparents.us. You will see a contact page. So send me an email with your phone number, and I'll be happy to talk to you and tell you more about how you can be a sponsor on the show. Uh, one, another feature we're going to have, and I'm going to try to do the best I can, is to get some experts, so to speak, uh, I like to get some politicians and lawyers to come on the show and give us some information on how maybe it would help the people if they don't have a lawyer or if their lawyer they feel is not really uh, doing a good job. Well, maybe a lawyer can give information that they can ask their other lawyer uh, you know, to do a certain thing to help them get better results uh, out of the uh, uh, courts. So uh, another, so that's going to be a great feature, those features, and I think everybody will enjoy them. The next thing I like to talk about is I want to welcome to the show one of our longtime listeners, David Jaskowiak, lawyer from Glens or Jenkintown, Pennsylvania. Uh, both Kaz and I know this guy. He's a mm -hmm. shyster. He's a crook. And we can say these things because we have the facts to back it up. And we know he listens every week because I have gone, I have talked to several sources that say this guy, just Koviak, he wants to know what people are saying about him, which, let's face just it. Just say, in my opinion, to cover your butt. Just go, in my opinion, then we yes. got our butts covered. Just Good. say that. It's our opinion That's that true. he's a shyster. That <laughs> is correct, Taj. We have to say that. And also... Yeah. The fact that we welcome, because we are a fair uh, show, we welcome these people, whether they're guardians, lawyers, uh, lawyers for the guardians. If we mention their names, and we will, because we have the facts to say so, if they want to come on the show to defend themselves, we will let them come on the show. We will give them all Absolutely. the time they want to defend themselves. But what's interesting is that out of all the times we've mentioned their names and what they've done, not one of them has ever called up to say, I want to defend myself. I want to prove I don't do those things. That's, that tells you the scorecard. When they don't even want to defend themselves, that tells you what they really are. And, yes, because we have to say, in our opinion, that way legally we do cover our rear end. But yeah. we, do, we cover them twice because we welcome them on the show. So they can't sue us for slander, 
because we're saying, if you want to come on, we will let you, and you can do anything you want to defend yourself. But we've got the facts to prove otherwise because we've been victims of these type of people. Now, yeah. uh, we, uh, so one of the things uh, I would like to start off with is our first sponsor. And our first sponsor tonight is Vanderson Technologies, which is an international IT business located in Center Valley, Pennsylvania. Center Valley is near Allentown, Pennsylvania. And their website is vanderson.net, V-A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N.net. Vanderson's customer service is only based in the USA to give you the best service possible. And I'm referring to the fact that we have all gone through customer service that are based in foreign countries where they don't seem to understand English and the phone connections are so poor it's basically a waste of time to try to deal with their customer service. That is not the case with Vanderson. Vanderson offers remote login service worldwide, so many problems, issues, and services can be performed and corrected without you ever leaving your home or business. Vanderson's owner, Matt, for about 12 years has been Vanderson's owner and creator, and I have used many of his services. I can personally vouch for the fact that he has a reputation for excellence, and he believes in the old-fashioned method of business, which is being honest and ethical. I've always been extremely satisfied with his work, and I am happy to promote and recommend him. Yes. Vanderson, he has full... Yes. Matt has been a friend of myself and Marty as well. So we, I know Marty would approve and want everyone to go use his services. All right. I'm glad that that came up. Uh, yeah. to, in addition, uh, Matt covers the full range of home services, business services, and various repairs to computers, tablets, and cell phones. Vanderson does website and software development for business, e-commerce, search engine optimization, and many more. Vanderson Home Technology Services include computer service and repair, computer training, data backup, laptop service and repair, wireless networking, and other services. Their business awesome. technology service includes computer services and repairs, data backup and recovery, disaster recovery planning, managed IT services, network infrastructure, software training, and workstation setup. Their development okay. services include e-commerce, social media marketing, search engine optimization, software development, and web type, website design. Awesome. They handle both PC Are and, yes. I'm just saying we're, we're starting to lose callers. So let's um, finish talking about him uh, later on because people are starting to hang up. So let's go okay. get started with thought of the week. All right? All Sorry right. about that, Matt. We're going to have to get a shorter, a shorter promo. Okay. That's fine. Uh, All right. Last week I read something from the Montgomery County um, website, the official Montgomery County website in Pennsylvania, and it had a section about guardianship and guardians. And I read it and I think it really sets the standard on what people uh, should expect from their guardian and from the process of guardianization. 
And unfortunately, no, none of these guardians live up to that. And I like to reread it just to make sure people realize that this is what they should expect from guardians and the lawyers that represent these guardians. And I'm going to quote, The role of either guardian is to represent the rights and best interests of the incapacitated person. The guardian should honor the expressed wishes and preferences of the incapacitated person to the greatest extent possible. The guardian must always act in the best interests of the incapacitated person. And that's something that these guardians do not do. This is where they feel that it's not just overseeing the welfare of the uh, person, it's about ownership. Ownership, basically, uh, state slavery is the only way to put it. And in business, expenses are deducted from that person's business. But many people have found these guardians believe they have a blank check, that they can hire anybody they want and hire as many lawyers as they want, and it comes out of the victim's pocket, which eventually will be coming out of the inheritance of these people. And this is something where, because this is the first time it ever happens to these people, the, the uh, family members, they don't realize how the guardian has done this many, many times before, and because of that, they know what they're doing. The families don't, and they're caught off guard. And if there's a corrupt judge involved, well, that corrupt judge is going to approve all the invoices for the guardian, the guardian's people that they hire, and so forth and so on. And this is where when a guardianship starts and the guardian has been appointed, get some type of agreement signed where they're told what they're going to charge and what they're not going to get paid for. And this protects from all these just ex ex really ridiculous charges that ends up being uh, charged to the family or to the victim's bank account. Now, during this mm -hmm. week, I contacted, about three weeks ago, I contacted a newspaper. It's called the Bucks County Herald in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, outside of Philadelphia. And the Bucks County Herald has about a circulation of about 23,000 people. And I talked to the editor, and I said, you know, I wanted, I told him who I was and so forth, and my website. And I said, I want to write an article about it, because every county has nursing homes, and you can be assured that in those nursing homes, they have people under guardianship. So he said, fine, write a 600-word letter to the editor. Well, the next week, it did not appear. The week after that, it did not appear. Three weeks later, it did not appear. So I contacted the editor, and he seemed to think that, uh, well, it's not that bad. The guardianship corruption is really not that bad, and that he thought I was really insulting judges and lawyers and so forth by saying this is how the process works. So the bottom line is the Bucks County Herald refused to print my letter to the editor, so therefore all the readers will not know about it and will not be aware of what type of damage these guardians are doing to the people of these families, which I think is totally irresponsible of a newspaper not to do a story of something of that magnitude just because somebody just didn't want it in there, which I think maybe the guy was trying to protect somebody. 
Um, another thing that I found out this week was um, a situation where a lot of you have experienced yourself, and the term is demonizing. It's where the guardians, if they feel threatened because of uh, the family being very careful in what's happening to their loved person in the nursing home or whatever, or problems that are not being addressed by the guardian, these guardians have a very soft ego. And if they feel that they're being uh, maybe humiliated, embarrassed, or whatever, because they're not doing things right, well, they will start to create lies about the family or a family member. And this has happened to me, and it's been going on for about a year and a half. And the people I have talked to who have gone through these guardianships, they seem to find it amusing, seriously, uh, that this is what they do nationwide. This is part of the playbook of the guardian, that if they feel threatened, they will start to create, invent lies about somebody as an excuse to keep or to deny visits to their loved persons. And this is what's been happening to me. And I point this out because, again, I say many, many people have, gone, have been going through this. And what's interesting was the fact that uh, they have used the staff, unnamed staff people, to make allegations against me, but they've never put it in writing, and they have never brought them into court to testify. Now, under the law of the United States, a person is innocent until proven guilty. You don't have to prove you're innocent. The prosecution has to prove you guilty. And also under the law, you have the right to go before you're accused. So these are two things that these corrupt guardians and their lawyers and these corrupt judges don't seem to want to believe in the law of the United States. So because of that, they had assigned about five months ago, they assigned a monitor that I had to pay $75 per visit to sit with me and my loved person for the hour I was with this person. And this monitor, I was denied knowledge of anything about the monitor's background, the abilities of this monitor to make notes and make quotes and so forth. So what they were doing was with the guardian and the lawyer for my loved person and so forth, who has wanted to deny me visits for the life of this loved person, they're using those reports to build a case against me to say that I am not fit to visit my loved person, a very, very close person to me. So this week, Judge Weilheimer issued a order and said that she wants me to hire a neuropsychologist paid for by the taxpayer, which it's usually about $4,000, for simply an evaluation with no proof of any accuracy of it. And I'm supposed to subject myself to this so-called evaluation to prove that I am not a menace or anything to this loved person. Well, I can make it very simple. Why doesn't somebody ask the person, is that true? Do I get that person agitated, which has been always their word? So 
this is what other people have gone through. And I am tonight, I'm going to say firmly on the air, they can stuff it, that evaluation, because I am not going to be insulted or humiliated by them trying to claim I am the problem when, in fact, I have been exposing this corruption and the basic disgusting and barbaric way that they have been treating my loved person by the way they have been denying visits, denying phone calls, denying mail. Have, they have denied medical doctor's appointments. The person has not yeah. even been allowed outside for almost a year and a half now. And the person has awesome. a massive home to go home to. And their own court expert, Ladakis, said that person could live at home. So this yeah. just keeps proving more and more corruption, and the bottom exactly. line is money. And that's the only thing it's about is money. Well, would you fear that if they would force you to take this, you know, psychological evaluation, which we you already have revealed that these psychologists that they use aren't even um, part of the – the medical community, what is it, the association? They're not even members of these associations, and they're just a bunch of quacks. They will use that against you and try and guardianize you. I've heard of this happening before. So it's very concerning that they would want you to do something like this. And, yeah, at the at the taxpayer's dollar, they'll find things wrong. I absolutely wouldn't trust this. It's crazy. Why would they... Well, they think you're stupid, you know? And now here's something that's going on in Pennsylvania I want to ask you about. So we have that that Senator Baker, who who is a state senator, and she introduced that bill, and there was that meeting a few weeks ago, and Judge Lois Murphy of Montgomery County, who's just, we could line him up for the next year, how bad she is, she was the, the special speaker. So people were emailing this Senator Baker, and we found out she's been taken off the committee. She seemed to be pretty passionate about wanting to make changes in Pennsylvania. Why was she taken off the committee of aging? Did you ha- were you made aware of that? No, cause that's uh, thank you for bringing that yeah. up. I was totally unaware of that. And again, yeah. it sounds like they're really doing uh, defensive damage control of right. trying to get rid of anybody that's exposing them, which is what. They're, they do yeah. to everybody. And it's, Another, it's interesting. Yeah, go ahead, Cos. Oh, well, I was going to say, you know, here I'm in Wisconsin, and they had the Senate committee, which was at the federal level, and that was just a couple weeks ago with the, the one victim speaker was, you know, Tina out of Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, and she hit it out of the ballpark. But people in Pennsylvania want to know why our beloved Senator Tammy Baldwin wasn't on that committee because she used to be on that committee. And this is something that I'm hearing from my Wisconsin friends. Why isn't Tammy on that committee anymore? She, she was raised by her grandparents, and it is something that everyone knows that she champions. And yet they let Bob Casey be the head of the committee, and he's out of Pennsylvania, and we know what a shyster he is. So it is concerning why the people who actually care are getting kicked off of these committees, and I feel that's something that needs to we'll, we oh, investigated. You know, you don't want people who care on the committees. You know, I, I they agree. want the fox to run the hen house. I, I agree totally that with that cause. The fact that if they can stack the deck uh, for themselves, 
they're going to do it in every way possible because I have talked to people when I've been picketing and some once in a while a lawyer will come up to me and say, yeah, I know how the corrupt it is and so forth in the Montgomery County Court. Yeah. So, again, it's like the worst kept secret that ever existed. And, again, yeah. this evaluation that they want me to go through is the same one that I exposed in court at the beginning of the petition of my mm-hmm. loved person where yeah. I and exposed Yeah, and then they want to put Dacus. you on. Yeah, I exposed yeah. Ludacus' evaluation, and he admitted all these things, that there was no independent proven accuracy of what he does or anybody's in Pennsylvania. There are no standards yeah. or requirements as to what is an accurate evaluation to determine incapacitation in the state of Pennsylvania, and which, as I have said many times on the show, everybody in your own state find out what it is that will do so, because otherwise – you could just be flipping a coin, and 99 times out of 100, it's always a two-headed coin. The person's always going to come up incapacitated, so the looting yeah. can start of the loved person. So yeah. it's important to know where is the foundation starting, and it's with the evaluation. And for them to mm-hmm. say they want me to do it, but ignore all the things that they haven't done as lawyer, as guardian, and lawyer of guardians, yeah. and have my loved person been mistreated and basically kept as a slave, but that's all right. Yeah. I mean, to them, it's like good is evil <laughs> and evil is good. That's how yeah. they think. They, would, they, will, they will appoint Jessica Wyatt to be your court-appointed attorney. But, hey, yeah. we already have people wanting to call in, and we need to introduce our guests before we take calls. But we, this is, we, we're off to a hot show. Thank you, everyone who is tuning in. It gives us a lot of – it makes us feel confident because we don't have our leader, Marty. She was the reason everyone was tuning in, and we don't have her, and it's really encouraging how many people have still called in, and we hope to keep it as exciting as she was because she trained us very well. So we are going to bring on our guest, and we have Diogenes. Diogenes was on oh, maybe a year, year and a half ago, and Diogenes, we did a whole show on HIPAA and what that, what that meant. And so anyway, Diogenes is going to come on, and he's going to go over the science of conflict, kind of like the art of war by, uh, what's that guy's name? He wrote the book. Oh, shoot, it's off the top of my head. Anyway, you always want to be looking. Like when, when you're put in a guardianship, you need to now play defense. They're on offense. So there are there are mind games that you are now playing. Nobody wants to be in a guardianship. Why we do this in our country, no one ever raises their hand and says, yeah, this sounds like a good idea. It's something that should be abolished. But here we are. Diogenes, welcome to the show. Go ahead and say hello to everybody. Hello again. And the um, name you were thinking of was Sun Tzu. Um, yes, yes. Additionally, I was it was actually just a few months ago, not not last year. Oh my goodness, how time flies! It was just a few months ago. So um, we're excited to have you back. Thank you so much. And why don't you take it away and go over some of the topics that you wanted to educate us about? We are excited to hear. It's the science of conflict and game theory, and how this pertains to fighting corrupt guardianships. Take it away, Diogenes. Yeah, so I'll I'll start out by um, given a little bit of a hist- uh, a little bit of the history of it. So um, in the 
early part of the 20th century, just as we started getting electronic computers and whatnot uh, on board, um, there was a lot of research done on to how to rationally make decisions and additionally how to rationally make decisions in contentious situations when you're dealing with other people who are also trying to make decisions and win, which the mathematicians mm -hmm. at the time decided to call games. Um, I'm going to give a couple of, uh, of more famous examples. Uh, one from decision theory, which this one doesn't involve any sort of um, other intelligent actor. You have it's called the Monty Hall problem. So um, if you ever find yourself in a game show, this could be very directly relevant. So uh, the, the canonical answer is you're on um, Let's Make a Deal. And you all, if you all remember that show, it had the host, Monty Hall. And so there's three doors. And behind one of the doors is a brand new car. And around behind the other two doors, there's a goat. So here's the question. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask uh, Reverend Al, Ralph. You have doors A, B, and C. Which do you pick? Probably uh, door A, just out of just out of curiosity. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to open door C right now and show you. There's a goat, and I'm going to ask you now, knowing that there's a goat behind door C. Do you want to stick with door A or door B? I'm also stick with door A. I have no better chances than with door B. You you might think that. However, at that point, the moment I open door C, the likelihood of the car being behind door B actually became 56% um, likely. So explaining, when you picked door A, so in the original situation, it's about a 33% or one-third chance it's behind any one of those doors. So when you pick door A, that means that there is a 66% chance that it's behind door B or door C. When I open door C, that now takes, that now eliminates the possibility, and now it's a two-thirds chance that it is behind door B, simply because you know it's a two-thirds chance that it's not behind door A. It, and you can do this. If you do this iteratively, you will find that two-thirds of the time, switching is the right answer. Now, it just so happened that in this particular instance, uh, you did have the right decision. One-third of the time, sticking is the right decision. However, most of the time, it's not. Because that's the Monty Hall problem. And that's one of those things that you bring this up to people, and a lot of people, they, don't, they fight back. They, it, it doesn't make intuitive sense. But if you go through the mathematical reasoning – This generally is correct. And, and I don't blame you for fighting this one. Paul Erdos, one of the most prolific mathematicians in history, refused to accept this until he ran a computer simulation demonstrating that this was, that the predicted result was, in fact, the correct result. Now, Diogenes, how does this affect 
uh, abusive guardianship and what all they're doing. Well, I'm just trying to uh, right now. I'm, I'm trying to get people in, into the mindset oh, of laying the of, foundation. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. That, that some, okay. from a rational perspective, the non-intuitive answers are the correct one. Um, okay. Especially when they try to set you down a specific course of action. Um, going now, going into game theory, um, we design a lot of problems to be games. Um, one of the most uh, common ones is the famous prisoner's dilemma. So I'll give you the, the classic example of that. Is you well, have wait, two members. Let, let me, can I lay the foundation? I think I know this one. This is basically think we have two siblings. And when you're doing the prisoner thing, these are people when you're thinking about guardianship. Go ahead, because I know I remember this one. Yeah, so the, the classic example that you'll find in the textbook is, the, is you have two prisoners or, or two members of a gang, and uh, they're both arrested, and they're taken to separate interrogation rooms, and they can't talk to each other. Now, the cops, they had enough to get them on a misdemeanor charge, and that was their excuse to haul them in. They, they really want to get them on a felony charge. They want to get them for, for a grand theft, but they only have maybe a simple drug possession that they can really get them on. So um, they're going to jail. They're going to go to jail for a few months. Not, 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 a, whole, not a year because it's a misdemeanor, but they're hoping they can flip one of them. So they're going to give the offer to both informants, and they're going to say, hey, here's the deal. If you testify against your, against your buddy, we're going to drop the charges. And then your buddy, he's going to go to prison for 10 years. But the thing is, they're giving your, they're giving your uh, co-conspirator the exact same offer. And if you both agree to testify, well, cops are allowed to lie to you. That deal can get tossed out. And now you've both testified. You, you've written down. You've put it in writing. They can they can hold that against each other, and you're both going to prison for a long time. So did this in the 1950s at the Rand Corporation. They determined a couple answers. There's a rational answer, and then there's another concept called super rationality. And we'll get into that. But the rational answer is, well, I want to, the best possible outcome for me is if I sing. Do you all agree? Yep. I mean, I know when, when you went over this with me, basically you have to decide how close of a friend is this. And when I'm thinking about, like, guardianship, because there's always a Judas in every family, do I trust, do I trust this family member to not turn on me, or are they going to turn on me? So I feel it really depends on how close that relationship is. And so, you have, and so you're getting to the super rational answer. And the super rational answer is when, this is kind of a recursive definition, but a super rational actor is one who knows whether or not other actors are super rational. So you have a little bit of insight into the other people's mental states. And so we all agree the super rational answer to the prisoner's dilemma is to uh, not testify and 
yeah, you'll spend a few months in jail, ooh, but you don't have the consequential loss of rights that a felony conviction imposes. So, so how would you say that, this? So this would basically be when we're looking at these rational things, like you're dealing with all these corrupt judges, attorneys, guardians. They they do not have anyone's interest at at heart. There's there's nothing that they care about. So. To me, I always felt like I was in the battle, like, you know, Art of War, Sung Su, you know, how am I going to get ahead of them? What can I do? I do these shows for four years now. I'm playing a long game. I will expose them, you know. It's a long game. And so it's, it's, it's kind of like what, you know, how, is, how are people fighting? Is that kind of like where you're getting at? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and when you find yourself in these initial situations, you definitely can identify that the, you can definitely use these theoretical games to model the situation that you're in. So if they're trying to go after you, and you're saying a lot of these guardianships, they require one person to flip. So Yes. You Would you agree, Reverend Ralph? A lot of times someone has to flip to work with them. Have you noticed that? Well, since from the statistics I've read, it's usually 90% of the time that it's a family member that instigates uh, such a guardianship mm-hmm. procedure just for the grab of the money and the other assets. Yeah. So, uh, again, that's when they smell blood, uh, when the court yeah. judge will take it away from family members uh, to under the pretense that, oh, they're trying to make it uh, you know, a, a logical choice they assign a totally str- a total stranger who knows nothing about the the wants and desires or the welfare of this person. So yeah. to me, it's doing things half-assed backwards. And in in my situation with Harvey Witten, it was Univest Bank. So it wasn't a family member that came after him. It was a bank, which is a very rare situation. Super disgusting. So. I guess pay attention what bank you're using. So there's all yeah there's always someone who's stirring it, and a lot of times you do see that it's a family member, but not always. Sometimes a, uh, Adult Protective Services goes in and and does stuff. We have those examples with um, Robert Slutsky of Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. That's on um, the evidence is over at Shenanigans in the Montgomery County Facebook page where he goes in and trolls the nursing homes. So okay, go ahead, Diogenes. This is all good. So we've definitely we've got someone flipping and working with the evils. Yeah, and, and of course, every situation is going to be unique. Not everything is mm-hmm. the prisoner's dilemma. So I would highly, highly recommend if you find yourself in a situation like this, is, is that you can pull up um, a lot of universities will have the entire courses, an entire semester's worth of lectures just put on YouTube that you can just watch. Um, and I, I know that MIT and Harvard both have done this for their game theory course. So I would highly, highly, and you don't need a, a heavy mathematical background to understand this. Um, this is mm-hmm. something that they, that's in the philosophy departments, it's in the economics departments, and it's in the computer science departments and the political science departments. So, you know, not all of those are math heavy majors. Well, economics and, and your computer science definitely math heavy, but not necessarily your philosophy or political science. So I would highly recommend digging more into game theory. Um, one, because it can help you when you're in a, trying to understand what's the right course of action, but also it's a philosophically interesting topic. Um, 
And, 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 it's, yeah. and it's not like this. Is, yeah. I mean, I would say if we look at Reverend Ralph, Reverend Ralph does not, does not like bend over and let them walk all over him. Like fighting, fighting. Uh, we, you know, my family didn't really, you know, we weren't a doormat either. There's a lot of threats that will come at you. They're threatening you. And, and you basically, you are playing a game. You're playing a game of chicken and you're playing on their, their they have home team advantage because they own the judge. They, they, it's home team advantage. So now you're coming in and you have to play defense. And how are you going to do that? What, do you, what are you going to do? What is your move? Are you going to just let them walk all over you because you're so fearful of everything that they're going to threaten with you? Or are you going to figure out what you can do to start exposing this? And I would definitely say they sure didn't pick that Reverend Ralph was going to, you know, protest on the, on the, um, on the court. Oh, and while we're talking about real quick, I need to put this out. Um, Montgomery County, I told him I would announce this. Montgomery County, Pennsylvania has the commissioner's meeting on April 20th. And there are, there are a group of people that are going to start attending the commissioner's meeting. And I haven't talked to you, Reverend, to let you know. For those of you who do not live in Montgomery County, you can watch via Zoom. But you do have to register ahead if you want to speak. So it's uh, next Thursday, the April 20th, the commissioner's meeting, and I can't remember the time. I think you can go and find that information and just show up if you're in the area because these are, these are warrior people, and there's power in numbers. The more people you know, the more people that are knocking down the door, they know that everyone knows what they're doing. We all know what they're up to, and it's part of when you say, like, the gameplay, like, all of us working together because that they don't like that. They hate the internet. They hate that we all found each other because it exposes them. So what would you say would be some other um, Diogenes, some other gameplay if you do find yourself in the in the clutches of these predators, how do you fight back using some of these theories? Well, so what you really need to do first and foremost is you need to model uh, the situation. Um, and that means selecting an appropriate game that models um, what's going on. Um, I can't really give a example that's going to be um, relevant in all circumstances because every circumstance is going to be different. Uh, we, we bring up the prisoner's mm-hmm. dilemma because the most common one based on um, discussions we've had, and it's also probably one of the easiest to understand, um, I, I would definitely, definitely, definitely do research. Research is always going to be your friend. Um, and yeah, also I definitely would if, say, oh, go ahead. And, and also, oh, go I'm going to bring up another Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was saying go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, I think we have a delay. Oh. Yeah. So the other thing I would suggest is uh, – looking at history, I mean, sometimes the game changes mid-game. And can you change the game? And that's always something that you should be evaluating. Um, In the the military decision-making process, this is called course of action development. And uh, just giving you an example from from the real world um, is in World War II, the Royal Navy 
uh, created this uh, unit called the Western Approaches Tactical Unit. And they, I mean, they had a really, a real big problem in Britain. Um, cut off, uh, they, their shipping was being attacked by U-boats. Uh, the they were coming in, they were sinking merchant shipping, and um, it was impacting the food supply in, in Britain. I mean, I mean, if you want to bring a, if you, I mean, if you want to bring an island nation to heal, you need, you blockade them. I mean, Britain specifically, they don't really have the best cropland there. Um, to this day, most of the wheat that is consumed in the UK is imported. So they developed a really neat thing. They essentially made a board game version of naval warfare, kind of, I'm sure everyone's played Battleship, scaled up and made a lot more realistic, um, having moving pieces and whatnot. And they would essentially play pretend. And they would have people not, uh, playing as the U-boats and then other people playing as the destroyer escorts and the merchant ships. And they developed a series of tactics that were effective against the U-boats. And it essentially brought the U-boat attacks on British shipping to a halt. Um, I, modeling things as games, selecting the right game to play, maybe even designing a bit of a game and, and, and playing it out where you have some sort of, uh, where you have someone role-playing the adversary, that's always a very useful thing. But I... yeah. You have to remember, this is a legal process. Who makes the laws? The legislature. Yes. So if you really, really want to change the game, that means essentially going, playing, going through a political process. Like, what these people want you to do, these... Um, these predators. Threat gone predators. These... these, these uh, yeah, these predators, they want you to play the game that it, as it way exists because they've rigged the game. Um, there's, I mean, they'll always talk about, well, we have our, 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 our case law. Well, case law, case law only applies in areas where the legislature has been silent. So when the legislature is silent, yeah, judges will make up rules, and, and that has the force of law um, until the legislature comes along and speaks. That, now that takes away the discretion that the judges have. So, yeah, really, and now that would law... bring back with what we talked about was legislation that they that this Senator Baker was really really excited about, along with Senator. So she was a Democrat, and then there was Senator Hayward from Montgomery County who was Republican, and he saw his neighbor get put into an abusive guardianship in Montgomery County. So these are two people who actually cared and wanted to make a difference. They're both been thrown off the committees. Mm -hmm. I mean, so now I feel like this, these game players that it runs so deep that they're throwing the people who actually care off the committees. So now we have to figure out how do we actually find, I mean, they, you know, they're like little monsters just creeping all over the place because this is a multi-billion dollar scam that's going on. They have to protect their money and their interests. So people who actually have, you know, scruples, morals, and integrity, they're kicking them off these committees. So now what do we do? What would, I mean, what would, you know, that's the new card that we've now been played. The people who care yeah. are off the committees. 
but now you also have to jump back to we have to approach this from a rational manner. And a lot, a lot of the people who have been victimized quite understandably develop a, um, a sort of paranoid mindset. Um, and again, that's what the, that's what the predators want. The predators want you to yes. be paranoid, and the predators want you to think everyone's because when you think everyone's involved in a conspiracy against you, that that sounds like I mean, on paper, I, in my line of work, I've had to deal with a lot of people who are, who are schizophrenic, and and regrettably, and a lot of the things that the schizophrenics have is they think everyone's out to get them. And the thing is, that's right. what these predators are doing. They're trying to make you think that everyone's out to get you because you come off a schizophrenic then. So I would highly recommend when you're engaging with politicians is understanding there is a lot going on their plate. Guardianship and guardianship abuses and things of that nature, it's not something they probably consciously think about. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on. I mean, you turn on the news and there's a land war in Europe. Um, things are heating up in the Pacific. There's China's saber rattling. Um, we're still, I mean, we're still lingering with the after effects of the pandemic. You have economic situations going on. You have um, computers that are now um, very convincingly coming, uh, fooling people into thinking that they're humans. Uh, it's a very interesting and concerning world that uh, we live in right now. And, Honestly, for the average lawmaker, that's probably these shiny things is um, what's in the foreground of their minds and what and what they're worrying about. So, so, so me when I watch the Senate aging aging committee or whatever, and I'm like, okay, they finally this is a big deal, and then they arrest Trump. So was that was that just me being conspiracy, saying, oh look, they're going to make something a bigger deal, so no one can pay attention to this big meeting that just happened, that it is exposing this terrible thing. They're like, look over here, look over here. We just ar- arrested Trump. I don't know if anyone picked up that happened on the same day. You know, like. I can definitely see how people like me would go, wow, they really, really don't want people finding out about this guardianship scam. They're going to arrest the former president on the same day when this should be the news. You know, what do you, what do you, is that just some, is that just coincidence? Is that just, you know, when these weird things just seem to come up? I mean, it's, it's always going to be a weird thing that's come up. And, and frankly, a committee hearing in the Senate is never going to make the news unless it's about something extremely um, salacious. So, yeah, it, hearings it did, are it, 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 it made the Washington Post. We were excited to see that, and it, it so it definitely yeah. got mentioned. It, it definitely got mentioned, and in certain circles, that's going to be big news. But you also have to understand it's uh, it, it's um. It's wonky. Wonky is a word for uh, – it's of interest to people who have – and already have some sort of stated interest. So to your people who are – to people who are involved in estate planning and and things of that nature, yeah, very relevant. But to the average Joe, that's not going to be – that's C-SPAN level content. It's not going to be particularly exciting. Uh, The last time I saw people talking about a committee hearing – well, typically, you'll have Supreme Court justices. That those committees, yeah, that'll be big news. 
and then when they had hearings about UFOs, that's always going to that's going to get the mainstream because <laughs> that's yeah yeah yeah. We'll talk about our UFOs uh, later on in the show. Got something to exciting to reveal, but so so back to so back to basically they're playing a game. They have the home team advantage. They they make up the rules. They have a playbook, and we've learned that, and you're going to learn it as you go along, and they have a playbook. They always, you know, they're taking the homes. They, are, they must have a realtor, the same realtor. There was an article that was just released out of Florida, and they actually did expose this Rebecca Furley, who I believe she did a plea bargain. So she, I mean, she was convicted on a bunch of stuff that are that was felony. And she was always selling her wards homes for the, with the same realtor and they sell them under value and they flip them. And I have heard rumor that there is someone told me the name of a realtor that's doing that in Pennsylvania. We can look into that a little bit more. I'm sure Reverend Ralph might find out soon who this realtor is, but that's what we've heard. It's the same realtor company in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. They just keep flipping everything. They sell it for cheap or they do sheriff sales in Montgomery County, and then it goes for like a hundred bucks for a, a home, you know, a $400,000 home. I know Austin Gibson it wasn't a hundred dollars, but it was pretty cheap. They ended up taking her mom's home and selling it on a sheriff's sale and did it all secret so that Austin couldn't even bid on her mother's home that she, that Austin legally owned half of it. I mean, that's, we've had Austin on the show several times. We should bring her back. But I mean, I mean, yeah, it's, 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 they're stealing the real estate. They're stealing the estates. They're isolating. Nobody wants to be in guardianship. You ask anybody, say, hey, does that sound like something you'd like when you get older? The answer is no. Reverend Ralph and I decided we'd rather be hit by a train than be in guardianship, like put me out of my misery before they do it for me. That's how I feel. I would have to think that's how the majority of people who look at this feel. So why is this something like we want to be doing to people? And so anyway, but yeah, back to it's home team advantage. They're writing the rules. They're playing the game. And now every once in a while you have someone come along who shakes it up. Reverend Ralph is definitely one of them. And how would you, how would you, how would you like tell him how his gameplay is going with everything that he's doing? He's definitely under their skin. You're definitely under their skin. And, but, and, but also definitely publicizing it. And, when you're dealing with the legislature, I'll, I'm going to give you an example. Um, so I was conducting some research um, on, on legal matters and legal authority, and I discovered a piece of legislation in the state statutes of a state in which I live, which if you understand things and how – if you have an understanding of uh, general relativity and whatnot, you find that this law actually, as written, criminalizes the use of the global positioning system. So you bring that up tell to every, – Tell uh, everyone what the global positioning system is, the GPS. Yeah, yeah, GPS. It's a constellation of satellites that using a lot of, um, using a lot of uh, complicated um, mathematical, non-Euclidean mathematical geometry uh, you can use to basically locate your exact position in space. Uh, models on the civilian market you can can get you down to about 10 meter accuracy or roughly 10 yards, 30 feet. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but on the military side and aviation side, which uh, you ain't finding that you ain't finding these kinds of GPS receivers at, at uh, on Amazon or Walmart. That'll get you down to one meter or three feet pre precision, and um, a very useful technology. If you've ever um, plugged in an address in your phone and asked to navigate there, you're using GPS. Um, right. One of the things that's needed for that is an extremely precise um, bit of measurement. Like, if it's off by if the if your time um, synchronization between your receiver and the satellites is off by even um, 1.6 seconds, you can be off by tens to hundreds of meters because those satellites, they're zipping around very, very fast. And if they're going, and in order to, the way they work is the satellites say, hey, at this exact time, I was at this position in space. So, and then your receiver, it can, it knows what direction relative to itself where the satellite is because it's picking up the signal, and that's how it sort of locates itself. Well, those satellites are zipping around, zipping along. They get, they go around the Earth about once every 90 minutes. 1.6 seconds, they're moving quite a distance in that 1.6 seconds. So that's why this common time reference is super, super important, but the state law requires the use of a time reference from that was superseded um, about 100 years ago. It worked just fine, very progressive in the age of the, of the telegraph and, the, and, and um, trains, but now when you need nanosecond precision for a lot of applications, we, we use the coordinated universal time now and this law technically criminalized the use of coordinated universal time um, and required the use of solar time. And solar time differs from coordinated universal time by up to 1.6 seconds. So, so did you get that changed or what happened when you found this mistake in your state? So I reached out to the legislature and, uh, and I had a back and forth with them, established my, my bona fides that I'm not just some crazy person. They get a lot of emails from crazy people. That's the other thing to keep in mind is you need, is you need, when you're talking to the legislature, you need to come off as a sober person and not someone who seems like everyone's out to get me because they, that will immediately get that you to be ignored. Um, so after establishing that I'm not a crazy person who has a bizarre fixation on clocks and that I'm actually just a sane person who's, has a very specialized education that leads me to have a hyperfixation on clocks. Um, I went back and forth some uh, with the with their lawyers at the legislature that draft the law, and they said, "Oh yeah, hmm, this is technically criminalizing the use of GPS." Yeah, but no one's been prosecuted for it, so it's not a priority. We'll get to it, you know, when we're bored and we got nothing better to do. Well, they're never going to have nothing better to do. They're the legislature. There's a budget process that goes on constantly, and there's, you know, actual things where people are actually going to jail. And so, yeah, we have a law that basically treats that basically has made everyone in the state a criminal, but it's not a priority because no one's been charged with it for violating it. So, eh, I think that's a chilling effect. I think that when you have these these really antiquated laws that criminalize ordinary everyday behavior you should change them 
But oh yeah, because like a Judge Wilheimer, she'd throw the book at Reverend Ralph if she knew that it was illegal to use GPS in Pennsylvania. Reverend Ralph would be thrown in jail again for using a GPS. She'd say, "Here's the law," and she would use it, and it's the law. Exactly. So exactly. yeah. Okay. So you gotta you gotta. Um, it's hard work working with the legislature because they have a lot of competing. Um, there's a lot of different people trying to get their attention and they have their own natural interests as well. I mean, it's a, it's politics. Um, so when you, if you want to change the rules, if you want to change the rules of the game that's being played is you have to go to the legislature. And when you're going to the legislature, you got to understand, you have to be very careful that you come off, as a sober, um, rational individual. Um, and that's hard. I, I, I will admit that's hard because these, these predators, they want you to feel like everyone's out to get you. And when you see the legislature kind of like, oh, that's interesting, and then ignore it, you'll immediately think that it's part of the conspiracy when it's, no, they just, oh, that's a weird case. And then they go on to something else. They need a lot of cases. You need to make, you need to have a lot of people going to these lawmakers saying, "Hey, this is a problem," and and you got to get everyone to stay on message and stay. Well, and stay I know the one time, I, I have the example of when Judge Ott retired three years early. There was eight of us families, and we were all working together. So eight of us who all had, we were eight non-related families, and our loved ones mm-hmm. were put in, in, in our opinion, abusive, abusive guardianships. And many of us, actually all of us, believe our loved one was murdered. These are serious accusations, and we are all eight different families, none of us related, believe that our loved one was court-ordered court murdered. We went to the legislature, and we said, we want to testify before the committee, because that's how you impeach a judge in Pennsylvania is you have to go and testify. So eight of us did it. We all work together. That's why you need to find other people in your, that's using your same judge. Eight of us did it. We were all willing to go and testify. We wrote our letters and Judge Ott, he retired the next day. So this impeachment process never happened and he left the bench three years early and he's living he's living his best life now got away with his crimes but i would have to say he was probably a little bit annoyed that that happened what would you say diogenes knowing what i just told you like do you think he found out that we all did this what do you think like coincidence that he retires the day after i'm sure he got some very uncomfortable phone calls from members of the legislature and he didn't want the public scrutiny. And frankly, if he were impeached, it would bar him from ever holding public office. He'd probably lose his law license. Basically, he had to, basically, in order to escape scrutiny, this is what he had to do. Um, and so you forced his hand. You changed the game. Right. And we changed the game. And there are, we do have a handful ready to go and do this to Judge Lois Murphy. We need a few more. So if you're listening and Judge Lois Murphy of Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, is a judge who is orchestrating your loved one's abusive guardianship, there's a few of a, there's a few more ready to go and do the same thing that was done to Judge Ott. But we can't just have one or two families do it. We need like eight. 
So anyone listening, I've got about four right now. We need a few more. If you want to join on and go and ask the legislature to impeach or uh, Judge Lois Murphy, please message me. You can also message Shenanigans in the Montgomery County Facebook page. You are not alone if you are listening and she is someone that you are dealing with. There are some people that are afraid to do it because they're worried about the backlash and if it doesn't work and the retaliation. But, hey, it worked. Diogenes, what would you say to that person who won't do this because they're afraid? Because there's, because there's a bunch of them. And if I could change their mind, this would be done. What would you say to those people? They want you to be afraid. They want you to be isolated. They want you to be alone. There's a concept in military science called defeat in detail. You split people, you split up the, the you split up your enemy into a bunch of smaller cohorts and then you defeat them all individually. Um, that's, that's what they're doing. If you concentrate your force, if you, if you, if you maintain a unified front, it's now things are different. That is harder for them to fight against. You, you want coordination is key. And also very important when you go to the legislature, having a unified message, don't just go and complain, Hey, I got this thing that I don't like you. They're, they're very, they're busy people. They're easily distracted. You need to, you need to tell them what you want them to do. Not say, Hey, I don't like this yeah. situation is bad. You need to say, well, okay, this situation is bad. And this is how you can fix it for me. And in addition to going after the individual judges involved, which you should absolutely should do, if you want to solve yeah. this once and for all, and for all time, that means legislation. And I would highly, highly, highly recommend that everyone in the, because this is a state law matter, not really a federal law matter. The Fed's power right. here is very limited, is develop model legislation. And model legislation designed for each individual particular state. For example, what would work in Pennsylvania would not work in Louisiana, for instance. Louisiana uses French law, whereas most of the, there's only two states that use French law. That's Louisiana and Wisconsin. Most of the other states use English law. But even then, there's differences between each of them. Model legislation on a state-by-state basis. Yeah, I remember uh, researching how to impeach a judge in Wisconsin, and it was different rules. And I did a show on that. Oh, it was a long time ago, so I don't remember all the details. So I most I I know I know some Wisconsin stuff, but I mostly know Pennsylvania. Even though I don't live there, it's because that's where I dealt with the predators was in Pennsylvania. And I know they're very sad that I don't live there because I feel that they would have done more things to to cause harm. I do believe, in my opinion, they weaponized different agencies against people. And we've had different people come on the shows that would agree with that. Uh, Reverend Ralph, what is your comment and your opinion on hearing these things? Well, Again, it, it's very scary when it's uh, all these giant uh, organizations or legal organizations against one person, and it's true. It's divide yeah. and conquer, uh, and that's the way to defeat anybody. Uh, but again, as I've said, exposure is their poison, and the more areas and ways that you can uh, get it out into the public, like I have when I've been picketing, People start to see it, and the word starts to spread. But again, people that are under these, uh, the people that are have their loved ones under guardianships, it's not what could happen maybe in a couple of years with uh, 
with legislation. They're looking at right now where money is being drained. Their people, their loved ones are being destroyed from lack of care. And, again, denying uh, the ability to see these people. And this is when you end up with, you know, years later where the people just, you know, wasted away into nothing. So this is what people are facing right now, and they want to know how to deal with it, what to do about it. And there's really very, very little they can do. Would both of you agree this is a human rights violation that these predators are partaking in and how people are being treated? Absolutely. It's absolutely yeah. a, a horrible situation. But again, it's you can complain about it all day long, and that's not going to change the facts on the ground. If you want to change the facts on the ground, that means um, doing the whole, doing the legwork, doing we're going to call this um, intelligence preparation of the battlefield. And then once you have you, you've done your homework, you've done your research, you can develop your plans and you can execute. Um, I, I know we've spoken about this before, but one of the best, best, best things you can do is um, every state has a Freedom of Information Act. So now, they'll call it different things in each state, um, but essentially those emails that these public officials have, you have an entitlement to read them. You have an entitlement to a copy of them, and you ha- just have to request it, and they have to provide it to you. Now, there's a number of exceptions under the law that they'll, that they'll strip out, but the thing is, a lot of these, a lot of public servants are very, very uncomfortable about the fact that anyone can read their emails. And there's the old line: "Sunshine is the best disinfectant." Use the Freedom of Information Act. Read their emails. Get their emails. Get their communications. Find out what they're saying. Um, make them squirm. And, and the, the, the more pressure you put on them by by taking away their secrecy, which in fact there is no legal, they have no right to privacy as a public official. Um, their official communications belong to the public. Um, and and our, the public has a right to inspect them. I love this. We should do a whole show, Diogenes, on how to get these freedom of information because I don't think I don't think any of us are using this like we should. But hey, we have a caller who has been patiently waiting, and I want to get them on. Hopefully, they're still here. I'm going to bring you on area code eight four seven. One moment, let me get you over here. Area code eight four seven. You're live and on the air. Good evening. I am. Good evening. To ad- I am compelled to address the question and the gentleman who is being pressured to be uh, uh, examined by a psychiatrist. Absol- I've been through it. I'll. Marty, call me uh, after the show. I'll give you my phone number because I'm also involved in another issue with on the same subject. But that person is rigged. What you what they will find wrong with you uh, is predetermined. You absolutely must not meet with that person and. One of the defenses are start going in and questioning their credentials and how many cases they've heard and what were the findings on those cases. Start questioning them. You'll find that that person is someone that they regularly use. Mm-hmm. That I'm 
I'm calling from Cook County, Illinois, the most corrupt place, I would say, in, in the world. And I'm fighting it. I'm at the appellate court level. But absolutely do not meet with that person. If you need to be examined, I'll tell you where to go and who to get, not by the individual, but what class of people. I had my myself and my wife, who is under guardianship, examined by a Ph.D., in testing, they testified, that PhD testified, examined myself and my wife twice. A psychiatrist also examined us twice, testified in court that my wife did not need guardianship, and the judge merely denied my motion for restoration. So it's all rigged. You have absolutely no idea. Don't go near that person and fight it by questioning their credentials and their record. And if possible, you make it public, and you'll see they'll disappear. Afterwards, one one of the psychiatrists that did examine us got uh, influenced later on and uh, wouldn't talk to me. His license was was, uh, uh, was threatened, I'm sure. Mm. Yeah. So I, I wow. have a lot of experience on this, and I just had to come on the show and let you know that absolutely, Absolutely do not be examined by anybody that they put forth. You can get independent people elsewhere, and I'll be glad to tell you off the record. I definitely grabbed your phone number because I can see all the phone numbers calling in, and I will pass your phone number on to Reverend Ralph. Reverend Ralph, would you like to make a phone call to Cook County? I can give you the, the number after the show. Yes, I would. All right. My, um, our, caller. our probate case is 07P5360 in Cook County, Illinois. And they've gone so far as an illegal foreclosure case, which is 2019CH13960. Uh, you can look wow. them up, and if you want to know what goes on, and here, here, we have a law that is so clear, absolutely clear, and they, the court and the, the law enforcement sectors do not enforce the law. They're in bed with the law enforcement, appears to be in bed with the judiciary, and and it seems like it's a very small army cot. But the legislator has passed the laws here, uh, and they're very clear what they can can and cannot do. 
The other thing that I find in listening to these shows is that the people do not know what the law is in their state. Absolutely imperative that you look up the law on probate in your state and know it backwards and forwards. You Then you can say that they're not following the law. Absolutely, and you get that on record when you go into court. Those court records have been very valuable to us. It stinks you that you have to pay it. so much money for them. You, you can use it in uh, all your publications and whatnot, uh, all over the place. Wow. This is great look, information. Look at the case, uh, the Salas cases in Cook County, Illinois. What is happening is absolutely unbelievable and un-American. Diogenes, do you have any advice for our caller from Cook County, Illinois? I would say it, it sounded good so far. Make sure, yeah, every law, every state's laws are different. Probate's a state matter, not a federal matter, generally. Um, yeah, every state's different. Illinois is, uh, and Illinois, uh, how many states the can law, brag about? Uh, the law is clear. It, it takes up only three quarters of a page. It involves Three sections. Section one says how you can initiate a guardianship. Section two says what the court must define what the duties of the guardian is to do. So if you're getting appointed a guardian because you have a broken arm, and you can't write, and the guardian must be directed that that's what they're supposed to do right for you. Not sell your house, not sell your car, not put you in a nursing home, nothing else. That part of the law is supposed to say what the guardianship is supposed to do. And the third part is, is that uh, a guardianship cannot abuse a a ward. We call them a ward here. Yeah. That is, you cannot sign up a uh, a ward for a long subscription on a magazine or anything. In our case, it was on a mortgage loan. And the law says, you do that, then the penalty is that you cannot collect on the loan or on the debt. And yet, our courts here and our judges don't pay any attention to it. In fact, they foreclosed on my house, and uh, November 29th, a SWAT team broke into my home at 8.45 in the morning, manhandled me, 
and threw me out of my house with the wow. clothes on my back. And I have oh been living goodness. on the street since then. Wow, I am so sorry to hear that. We have another caller. Let's see if I've got him through. Area code 505, you're live and on the air. Area code 505. Oh, hi. hi, can you hear me? Yeah, we are. Oh, good. Hi. What a story. I just I, I, I just tuned in just about 10 minutes ago or five minutes ago, and I cannot believe this story. And I just want you to know that Cook County, I, I'm on the board of the National Association to Stop Guardian Abuse, so we study a lot of this. And Cook County for a, has been, I, I had no idea it was still as bad as it used to be. It sounds like it's even worse. May I interrupt a moment to give a piece of information. An investigative reporter by the name of Janet Phelan, whom mm-hmm. I had no association with or know anything, wrote a couple of articles on us. One article oh, wow. is entitled, I Want Your Your House, I Want Your Wife, I Want Your Car, I Want Your 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 Life. And she That's writes just... for uh, 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 um, Activist Post. So look. Oh, we'll up. have to look that up. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. What, what I wanted to say to you, though, I, what's your name? I'm really sorry I wasn't on the show earlier, so I haven't listened My to the whole show. My name is Dean Sal, S-A-L-L-A-S. Dean. Dean, right? Yes. Well, one thing you know, you were met, one thing you said that really made me call in is, is you were saying you've got to know the states, the laws in your own states, the statutes in your own states, and that's so right because a lot of people who approach us, um, first of all, they don't know what happened to them, and so the first thing that needs to change is people need to be educated about what guardianship is because families, there are a lot of families who even think it's probably a good idea for their parent, and then they do it. And then they find themselves in this awful nightmare of never being able to get out, not being able to see their families, you know, the whole thing, right? So the state laws are really important. But also, I do believe Congress is now going to uh, put some things in place. One, you know, um, as a model law for all the states to adopt, yes, they're all different. I agree with you. But on the other hand, there are certain a few basic things that should belong in every state. One of them is due process. You should be able to have your own lawyer. The court should appoint you one, or you can hire your own, and that lawyer should represent you, not what's best for you. They represent your rights, because it is a rights issue. And I think now, I think now that's becoming becoming increasingly clear... Pardon? In Illinois, a uh, lawyers will not handle the case because their licenses are attacked and they're put out of business. That's correct. That's correct. That happens in New Mexico. There was a there's a lawyer that we all love here and named well I won't give his name but anyway and he tried to help a family. Uh, they were having everything taken away basically. Uh, you, it's a long story but he tried to help them uh and he went into the nursing home and tried to help them 
redo a trust or something, which you can't do. You really can't do that once someone's in guardianship. But the point is, he was a really good lawyer. He was very upset for these people. He really tried to help them, and he lost his license. He got nailed, and that happens to, uh, you know, that, that you're right. That's the reason why lawyers won't approach it. They don't want to get – it's very messy. Uh, there are all these emotions, um, and they get scared. I agree. Well, my yeah, that happens in Pennsylvania, twice. too. Yeah. I had a friend here oh, wow. who tried to get all these different lawyers. Listen to this. She got uh, – she tried two or three lawyers – uh, they all said, no, no, no. And then finally, the third lawyer, um, he told her, well, I got calls from the guardian, the trustee, and their attorneys not to take the case because you, this victim, you are too litigious. She'd had a divorce. And they said, you're litigious. So so they they actually badmouth you behind behind your back. You know, the lawyers talk to each other, and they – gang up and they do all sorts of things. But I really do think it's going to change because I think the sunshine, as you say, is the best disinfectant. And I think there's sunshine all over the place now. Yeah. I really do. I mean, this, this new thing, at the Miami real estate scandal with guardianship where they're selling houses for nothing and flipping them and doing all the shady stuff, all mm-hmm. that's really coming out. And it's been, a, we've Good. all known about this for so long. And I'm so yeah. sorry about what happened to you. It's disgraceful. It is. It is. Yeah. I don't know if you tuned in to hear that Reverend Ralph, they, wanna, they want Reverend Ralph to take a psychological exam if he wants to visit his mom. Is that disgusting or what? That's no, going to be the new thing. It's dangerous. Don't do it. Yep, that's what Dean called in because he was horrified. Yeah, I mean, if you did that, oh my gosh, you don't want to do that. That would be disaster. No, because you're still just, oh, you need a guardian. Yeah, obviously you're fine and everything, but um, the psychiatric field is going to be the next, uh, what do I want to say here, the next kind of control mechanism, I think. And I think you just have to be very wary of it. But I do think, that if due process, number one, supported decision-making and other alternatives, number two, and also, you know, a strong bill of rights so that the person who's in guardianship knows exactly what it is, the family knows what it is before they do it, before they, you know, petition. And so everybody knows what's going on because I'm telling you, most people don't have a clue. They walk in, they, oh, guardianship, oh, it's so nice, you know. And it yeah. turns out to be this nightmare. It turns out to be a nightmare. It's so always a nightmare. No one has a happy but, ending. And then the other thing that the Senate Committee on Aging is looking into as well is, you know, due process, for one, right, the rights, making sure that this process slows down because it happens so fast, you know, 15 minutes and you're in a guardianship. For the rest of your life, so they're, they have mm-hmm. they want to improve uh, restoration of rights, but the main thing that they can do federal the federal government, as you know, won't interfere with states when it comes to guardianship, right? They don't determine the laws, but they can 
assign funds to do things like have a judge training of judges, right? Uh, and and they right. have that model for they have that model for child welfare. They have a court improvement program. Now I can't really tell you how well it's worked, but they do have the yeah. money. They do give money every year, so they ought to be doing it for the guardian for guardianship as well to train all. I mean, there's so many thousands of judges out there and magistrates and people with high school educations being mag- magistrates or whatever, you know, or, or like barbecue restaurant owners <laughs> in South Carolina. That's yeah. apparently the case there. They have a ton of oh, magistrates. Yeah, but it's actually, you know, my the president of our organization uh, says, well, I think it's great that you have somebody with a different perspective. Yeah. Than, hey, Marsha, yeah, but we are down. We yeah. are down to less than a minute left. Okay. Well, we could right. we could have kept going. Hey, real quick before we log off, I was going to announce Diogenes and I will be hosting a new show here. It was something that Marty and I had talked about for a long time. We're going to be doing a show on history, the heroes and hogs of history, and I'm so excited to get that started. We just think if we can research what people did in the past, we can watch and see what they're trying to do in the future. And the other oh, one, yeah. Marty said, only one a month, the UFO and AI show, and we are very excited oh, to get AI those started. Show. Yeah, the Marty AI had approved show. it all. <laughs> I love it. Marty had approved it all, and so we, Diogenes and I, are going to get those up and going. We were trying to do it back in October, but hey, we're down to four seconds. Good night, everyone. Thank you so Good much night. for everyone who tuned Thank in. You. Good Bye. night. Bye. Bye-bye.